0: Yeah, I mean, it's, when I look back on the things that have been most interesting that I've done, right? I mean, I really liked the web because I thought the web was extremely empowering in terms of the things it brought to the planet, right? Like the sum of human knowledge available via a web browser on any desktop, that kind of thing, you know, instantly type a word and you're off to you know, God knows where.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wix.com. Push the limits of design and create beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. I'll, ju- I'll just start in though, because I've in previous episodes I've said hey, welcome to the show and I make it very formal and then it's sort of awkward, so we'll just talk.
0: Okay. That <laughs> and, then, and, then good. We'll
1: just, and then we'll just we'll figure out editing
0: later. But um, Maybe I should uh, welcome you to the show to make it more awkward.
1: <laughs> i'd love that no one's ever no one's ever done that for me yeah. Luke. Uh, okay
0: well i would like to welcome you to the show it's uh so great to have you here thank you for thanks. making time
1: yeah thanks for having me luke i appreciate it yeah well, no, you know we're
0: gonna keep it pretty casual today we'll decide what to talk about as we go so just uh you know hang back have some fun
1: <laughs> i love it this is staying in by the way this okay. is actually the, the beginning of the episode that's yeah, we're gonna perfect. use that um yeah and and welcome to uh luke i, I you know we we go way back for for many years uh, mm-hmm. uh but it's been a while since we've seen each other so uh i'm glad i'm really glad to have you on the show and i don't know there's so much to talk about here because your career alone has has kind of taken on many many stages and i just always admired your your speaking and your writing and entrepreneurship there's just you know you've kind of got all this all these things going on well thanks and, um
0: it all kicked off from a bulletproof css so thank you for that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'm sure that was the the uh that was the tipping point that was the tipping point for you uh <laughs> no, I, I mean I,
0: in all seriousness i did use that
1: oh so, man yeah. oh, you're too kind uh that's awesome i yeah and, and likewise like you're i don't know like you're back in the day when uh I was still talking about, I was still able to talk about CSS because I was able to keep up on it. Um, we spoke at a lot of conferences together, and you know, I was just always imp- and you're you're still doing this, like you you keep track of specifically in the mobile world, right? Like keep track of of UI and data and trends. And I I fi- I, I always think in the back of my mind, like, okay, what 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 would Luke do here? what would he think about this um how do you how do you keep on top of all this all that stuff and, and, and in addition to all the other things that you're doing yeah i mean
0: i think it boils down to staying very curious right so i'm still pretty excited and interested in it so i naturally have this inclination to stay on top of stuff but then uh i had this moment so i I set up like one of these hunting trail cameras. I don't know if you've seen these things, but it's got some motion sensors, right? And a a camera and you set it up in your yard and it catches the critters that go by and these types of things. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I put it up over the weekend, we left for the weekend and I came back and it only had one video on it. It was a pretty good video of a whole bobcat family, but that's beside the point. And my first reaction was to like blame myself. Right. I'm like, oh, there's only one video on here. I must have done something wrong. I got to tweak the settings. What can I do better next time? Right. And uh, my wife was like, oh, well, maybe the Bobcat family scared off all the other critters. So Uh it just stuck in my head this sort of like contrast between how I think about things and the way she thought about stuff. Because my first inclination is, what else should I do? How much more should I change? You know, what am I doing right, yeah, wrong? Right, 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 right. Like, I just jump right. right into trying to figure stuff out. And that's mm-hmm. kind of my natural inclination to everything. Yeah. Which is why I think I stay so active and interested in stuff, because I'm always blaming myself.
1: Mm, right. That's, yeah, that's, so that, it's a good thing. It, you know, keeping it. No, in some ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm re- I'm resisting going off on a, a complete tangent with the wildlife camera. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. really want to do that, and uh, that's fascinating to be honest. And uh, I think it's like so the, it picked up bobcats, but nothing yeah. else. And so you're thinking, what what the hell's wrong? There should be a whole bunch of critters on here, and um, and then your wife's right. That's probably what happened because they're kind of at the top of the. Near the top of the food chain. Yeah, maybe they scared off everyone else. Yeah, so you know,
0: I'm st- I'm still not buying that. Me, per- I already went in and changed like five <laughs> settings. I readjusted the camera. <laughs> I already burned. Oh, it. I already burned an hour or two on this. <laughs> I,
1: love, I love it. I love it. And I'm not surprised because you you seem to take that approach with with things. And so you're you're still enjoying like keeping a pulse on on tech and mobile and wearable and, and all that stuff
0: yeah I'm, uh, yeah 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 i mean it's when i look back on the things that have been most interesting that i've done right i mean i really liked the web because i thought the web was extremely empowering in terms of the things it brought to the planet right like mm-hmm. the sum of human knowledge available via a web browser on any desktop that kind of thing you know instantly type a word and you're off to, you know, God knows where. And, uh, I feel like mobile takes that to 11 because now all that stuff is with you anywhere and everywhere for better and worse. Right. I mean, there's some good and bad parts to that, but right now we've got something like, you know, 7.6 billion people on the planet and three and a half billion, depending on how you count 3.7 billion smartphones. Uh, and so that's wow. a very, yeah, it's a very planet scale type of thing. Right? And there's about 5 million mobile devices, period, which will ultimately become, uh, smartphones over the next couple of years here. And I don't know if there's wow. ever been anything that reaches that many people with that much, uh, empowerment. And so I just have this passion about making sure that it doesn't freaking suck. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> Because if you've ever used the internet or used software, you know pretty quickly the
1: places where it can really, really suck. It um, really does. It's not. It's not great everywhere, right? I mean, no. um, that's a lot of people using. You connected. I mean, that's. Uh, it's interesting. Is the the beginning of the web? It, it was. I was the same way. I was fascinated by um, the fact that you could publish something and it's out there for everyone to see one but it's not really everyone at that point but here we are with with phones and the barrier to entry is is much lower uh for for people yep. um and that's exciting too I, I i uh i remember when mobile was a different mindset of design right when you're like Okay, now now let's now let's think about the mobile version. You know, this is going way back, by
0: the way. Oh, yeah. Well
1: not that yeah, way back, sorry. right? I mean <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. I guess it wasn't that long ago. Less less than ten years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It feels like forever. And and now we've we've come a long way with I guess responsive design and and uh apps and all obviously everything sort of culminating. What what's the what's the one thing you're most excited about, I guess, with, with all where where things are going, where they've come over the last 10 years?
0: Yeah. You know, I I always, and maybe this is a detriment. Maybe this is a benefit. I've always been obsessed with the things that hit everybody and are bad as opposed (laughs) to, you know, the things that just hit a few people and are good. And so, for example, I've, For many years, if anybody's heard me talk, I've talked about things like login forms and checkout forms things like that, right? And when those things seem trivial, it seems like, okay, yeah, we know how to do that, right? You put the username, the password, the checkbox that says stay logged in, that doesn't do anything, and you're done. (laughs) And that's how everybody approaches that type of problem. And when you actually look at the statistics, you know, and I've had the benefit of being at some of the largest internet companies in the world, the Yahoo's, the eBay's, now the Googles. And I, I get the pleasure of seeing that actual data. Mm. You just realize how much human misery at scale, these things are doling out. Right. And you don't, yes. to be, to be totally honest, you don't really need those mega stats to know that. You just have to see, yourself or a family member, anybody struggle to like get into their bank account or to, you know, get access to the picture gallery from their kid's school or whatever it happens to be, right? Every single yeah. day, you can see people really struggling and um, just having terrible experiences getting to the stuff we're building. Yeah, And so yeah. The, the things that excite me, and it's it's been such a hard kind of path, is uh, if you look at something like face ID, right, on the iPhone, the way mm-hmm. it treats passwords is like, look, I see you, you're you, okay, you're in, which is how the <laughs> yeah. real world works, right? If, I, if you owe me five bucks and you see me, you're like, oh, hey, Luke, here's that five bucks. The way you authenticate me is by recognizing me. And so I think it's an awesome example of technology bending to the way people work, as opposed to making people bend to the way technology works. Right, tech, the way technology works, there's a name value pair. It's stored securely on some server. You have to enter it. It has to be, you know, I don't know, eight characters, special characters, all this stuff. So it can't be hackable. And it puts the whole burden of all of that on you, the human, as opposed to doing all the hard work. So you can just act like a human as opposed to acting like a machine. And you know, th- that's very encouraging to me, but at the same time, it's sort of discouraging because when this stuff came out, I was super excited about it. And I You know, go online and try and find other people talking about it in this way. And what I find is a bunch of web designers complaining about the notch and like the (laughs) impact it has on the layout of their web page in landscape (laughs) mode. And to yeah. me, I mean, the notch is a freaking Kinect sensor shrunk down to the size of your <laughs> smartphone. It does like 3D mapping with 3000 points of depth to recognize your face. Even when you wear glasses, you grow a muscle. I mean, it's amazing stuff, right? It really
1: is. A and, speaker, too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's stunning what you can do with this. You can solve terrible things like login, right? And passwords. But the debate is around what a web page layout looks like in
1: landscape mm. mode. The aesthetics,
0: yeah. Yeah, right. And so it's while we have all these advances, I just don't feel people look at them as opportunities because we're so, I don't want to use the word stuck, right? But you kind of get into your mode of operation and you stay there, right? And you think about things like, how do I lay out this page? And therefore things become issues of layout, whether you consciously know that's what you're doing or not.
1: Mm. <laughs> I I love it. I you're right about the notch too. Um, it, it is kind of amazing what what's possible in your pocket right now. Yeah, um, and the fact that we're complaining about anything is kind of amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, not just that. Like you know, a ninety five percent of like viewing on smartphones is in landscape mode anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I'm oh, sorry, portrait mode anyway. Yeah, so complaining yeah. about the landscape thing really is not. I don't know. No, no I don't not. want to sound like an old. Uh, I guess I'm not a get off my lawn type of person with that. I don't want to sound too angsty, right, or no. ranty.
1: But I no, just no. wish
0: more people would kind of take the broader view on some of these things because we have mm-hmm. got we still have so much to improve, yeah. and we got you know 3.7 or 3.6 whatever it is billion of these things active. So you just fix things a little bit. Like you're doing a lot of good,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. That, right. And, and like you said, you, you've had the, um, the advantage of, of being at large companies where you can see the data on this stuff. And, 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 and that's what I, I really appreciate, appreciate about your work too, is that you're sharing, you're kind of constantly sharing the data on, on, on patterns and, and, uh, and how this stuff can be improved. And how did that, how did that start for you? Like it. Is it just, where, where does that, where does that come from?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, So the first big internet company I went to work for was eBay around like 2001 or so. Mm. And uh, the way eBay worked is they had this notion of train seats and a train seat. I know this this is going to sound like wizard language, but just bear with me for a second. (laughs) right? I like wizard language. Thank you. So train seats, I would explain this. I went back to eBay a number of years well, many, many years after I worked there. Right. And I started like explaining how things used to work. And I paused myself and I said, I'm sorry, that all sounds like gibberish wizard language, doesn't it? <laughs> so so I can't, now I can't stop thinking of it like that. But there was this concept of a train seat, which was like a unit of development resources. Right. And so projects would say, okay, this project costs 10 train seats or 20 train seats. And in order to get those train seats, which was you know, the people you needed to do what you wanted to do, you had to make a case for it. And the way you made a case, there was a thing called an NPV, net present value, and there was a spreadsheet, and you sort of filled in what numbers you thought you would move and how much, and out would pop a number that would say, okay, this uh, project is valued at this many train seats because we think you're going to have this and this impact. And every single project ran through that formula. So wow. as a designer going in there, it just sort of forced you to think about what is the impact of this going to be? It made it very hard to do things like redesign the settings page because it was crappy because you could never make the numbers work. Right. (laughs) Right. But it did instill this mindset of accountability and awareness of um, both what your work could actually achieve and how you should discuss and frame your work to other people. Cause the bottom line is everything costs something costs time. It costs money, whatever. And if you live in a bubble and you pretend that doesn't happen, it's really hard to convince others to take you seriously because they're like, okay, yeah, well yeah, we can make that pretty. But do you understand that I have, you know, a company of 10,000 people to run and there's 120 million users on the other side, that are trying to do X, Y, and Z. So I think that's where that comes from, right? It just sort of got ingrained with me there. Um, and it was such a, just a part of the culture for better or for hmm. worse that I think a lot of people that worked there walked away with that mentality and that approach.
1: Hmm. So you really had to sort of diagnose, you know, you have something you want to do. Uh, you, you really had to look at data research, back up your, your idea with, with some, some logical stuff, right?
0: Yeah, you had to frame it in that way. Like, for example, in the spreadsheet, it was like each new person who registered is worth, you know, X dollars. Uh, Each time somebody bids, that's worth Y dollars. Each time somebody makes a purchase, it's worth Z dollars. And so you just sort of estimate and start thinking about, well, what kind of impact am I going to have? And that translates into money, which then translates into train seats. Hmm.
1: Wow. I'm, I'm impressed that this was going on. In the early 2000s, right? Um, in, in internet years, that's, that's pretty early on.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of uh, disciplinarians there. I think they had had a really big crash in the late 90s. Right. Of that course, scared yeah. the hell out of people. And so <laughs> a lot of very ops-oriented folks were brought in to really drive kind of these big, big changes on how things worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, everything has pros and cons, right? So there's some really good things that happen there, but there's also some
1: negative consequences from that. Yeah, sure. eBay. So from eBay, what what was next for you after that?
0: Uh, well, it was at eBay that I wrote that book on web form
1: design. Yes, Be- and I remember that fondly. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. This I'm is- sorry. <laughs> no, no no. <laughs> no, no. I really – I. I loved it and I thought it was amazing and I thought it was, uh, so valuable that someone, you, uh, uh, you know, took the time to focus on that because it's so, it's so critical. I learned a lot from, from that book. Um, well, thanks. And yeah, I really did. And I think it's one of those things like as a, I don't know, like a, a visual web designer, like it's like, Sometimes forms for me were always like, "Oh shit, I gotta do a form again you know like i hate I hate to think about forms and and you know i you took a lot of the guesswork out of um you know h- how you should lay the forms out and how they should operate and so i I thank you for that that was really valuable
0: well, I'm glad to hear it a lot of that came yeah. from exactly what I was talking about at eBay, right like just quantifying stuff and the big takeaway i had from that whole point in time was you know hey the way we sort of talk about this field the way we build the field the way we do error messages the way we do all this stuff it just has such a huge impact right
1: yeah really you could does, see these yeah.
0: swings and it wasn't just swings in terms of money and user activity cuz i mean ebay at the time was something like the 28th largest economy in the world so you could see these swings with like how people can actually you know live their lives Uh, set up businesses, make themselves independent. And you you had an impact on that based on the design work you did. And it it wasn't just a small impact, right? Some of these things were like massive impacts. Uh, So that's really where I got a lot of the inspiration and a lot of the learnings for that book was through seeing what these kind of UI affordances at scale can do and just trying to get that kind of appreciation and respect. Respect might not be the right word, but you know, like awareness of, here's what your discipline actually does. And it's not just picking a color, right?
1: It can go right. a lot right. deeper. Oh, definitely. Now for, for people that are, you know, that, that aren't working at the eBay's and Google's of the world, um, what, what's your recommendation on, on, on doing that same sort of thing with their with your own UI that you're working on, um, if that makes sense. In yeah. other words, you know, if you don't have the data of a Google or eBay, um, you know, is is just the data from your existing audience enough, or uh, do you tend to pull in from other other data sets somehow?
0: Yeah. So I, I have like a a mental model around this, which is you know, how do you make decisions? Uh, If you have no information, then you're sort of like in a hole looking up, you know, you can't see the world, you don't know what's around you. And so you're making decisions based on not very much insight or information, because you're down under here. Every little bit of insight you get, this is kind of the metaphor, you sort of like lifts you up a bit, you can see more, right. And it doesn't, not all that information is data at scale. That's one kind of information. Other information could be just watching people do things. Other kinds of information could be um, you know, running a little usability test or a remote thing or doing a survey. There's so many different yeah. ways to collect information, if you will. And the more information you collect, the higher you kind of raise your plateau of decision making and the more you can see And so if you've got a lot of information and insights, when you make a decision, you make it much more confidently because you can see for miles as opposed to just seeing, you know, like two feet in front of you or whatever, because you're in that hole. And so I don't think it's like only one kind of data or one kind of information gives you that lift. In fact, it's the opposite. If you only have one kind, you don't really get that much of a bump. You just like go up one level. Uh, So you really need a lot of diverse Types of insights, and some of those insights aren't even data. They're like experiences you have. Right, go out, travel the world, see how different people do things, try different stuff, uh, talk to people who are really deep in other things, and all of those things together cumulatively start to raise your plateau of awareness of what you're doing, how you should be
1: doing it. Hmm. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. So don't be
0: scared. You don't have quote unquote big data because big data sometimes actually is like paralyzing, right? Like, <laughs> oh my God, one million yeah. people did this. What does it right. mean? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Until no, you go and talk to somebody. Oh, you thought that button said taco instead of burrito. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And and one million at a certain scale, one million could mean very little. You know, like right. I mean, it could be a browser uh, bug. Could be yeah, right, 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 right. And I've seen that, right? I
0: mean, I've seen these really mm-hmm. weird changes, and you spend like months scrambling around trying to figure out what happened, and you realize, oh, that's because in Firefox.
1: <laughs> which yeah, which is totally not related to your UI decisions or whatever. Yeah.
0: No, there's so it's many fun. variables and factors. Again, which is why just looking at this quantitative data is not nearly enough. You know, right. To look at right. it from a lot of different angles and and just have that. And the other thing that I hear a lot of people say is that, well, we're a data driven company, right? We use data right. to make decisions. And I think that's scary as hell because then you can be like, well, the data made me do it. Right? Or <laughs> why'd you do that? I don't know. I'm data driven. The, the data drove me.
1: <laughs> so, that's a great, you got to. I want that on a t-shirt. The data made me do it. <laughs> data made me do it. Yeah. But like if you're data
0: informed instead, right, mm-hmm. then you're still the one making the decision. The data is there just to kind of help you get that better vantage point or understand the situation more or whatever. So it's a small change of words, right? But I think it has a really big impact on how you approach stuff. Like uh, A-B testing is another very common thing, right? Oh, we A/B tested that, and the blue button wins over the green button. Like, okay, so like this A/B test runs your life, right?
1: <laughs> right, the green button—it's it's terrible. We're never we're never going green again. Uh, um,
0: well, well, every, I, I everybody, like, everybody in the company is like, okay, that hot pink button with the unicorn is terrible, but it converts better.
1: <laughs> right. So you you there is a there, there is a danger sometimes of of just relying only on the data i find yeah. that um i do a lot of most of my work is is just sort of from the gut and i i don't know whether it's laziness or just uh not i'm just not smart but like i find that when i the the the, the times that i do use data it helps me uh sell <laughs> the, the thing that i'm trying to 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 change or or introduce um which is helpful. So, in other words, like I, I'll maybe I'll say, okay, I, I believe we should do X, Y, Z, and then if we can run a test and and the data backs up that, then it's easier for me to sell that to somebody rather than just explaining. You know,
0: yeah, that, well, it's uh, another. It's, that we
1: should do this. Yeah.
0: It's another kind of consideration, right? And, and what happens in that conversation? Both of you walk away a little bit more informed. Because, like, oh, you know, it turns out most people do this. Hmm. Okay, well, that changes. It, it goes away from just my opinion versus your opinion. Yeah. To yeah. There's another kind of piece of the conversation there, which can be very, very powerful and useful. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said earlier, as of everything, there's pros and cons, right? You go too far to the extreme, the data made me mm-hmm. do it. You go too far in the <laughs> other extreme, right? You may be missing stuff or unaware of very bad things that are happening because you're not looking at any information.
1: Right, right, right. It's all a mystery.
0: Yeah, or like you just may be totally unaware of huge bugs or usability issues or whatever that are plaguing your site because you look at no data or information or feed. I mean, I don't think anybody really lives in that world. Cause, you know right. Somebody will come and yell at you. I hope. If not, <laughs> then uh, you know what you're doing really doesn't
1: matter. <laughs> so,
0: so don't worry about
1: it. You're fine. <laughs> No, if no one cares, right? Yeah, no one cares, but, you're if, good. Then you've got other problems. So. Yeah. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina-ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to wix.com slash dribble to get started today. That's wix.com slash dribble. Wix, what will you create? so i um I, I want to talk about too, mobile first, and this is a book you wrote for a book apart um, and you know very seminal work in terms of uh, uh, mobile design and and you know I again another book that's super super helpful and I so I thank you for writing that one as well well thanks again yeah yeah it, it's super great and um do you feel like i mean I, how long is it? This was a few years ago that mobile first was published, right? Yep. What's your What's your current uh, take on that? In in terms of, you know, believing that mobile first is 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 the right way to go, uh, I guess is what I'm.
0: Yeah. Well, so there was three parts to that. One was, hey, mobile is really going to take over in terms of time spent, use, and devices. Yeah pretty confident boy you were
1: right boy you were
0: right <laughs> pretty confident <laughs> in that one right yeah yeah uh the second one was working for the small screen forces you to kind of prioritize and rethink and get down to some of the core basics of what you're trying to do as opposed to cramming all the stuff you've built yes. up for so many yes. years and uh, yeah, i still I love think that. i i love it too but i still think it's really hard for a lot of people to do right Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily see that mobile has led to a world of much more simplification. There are definitely services that have done that, which have thrived on mobile, right? And, um, but many of them have not necessarily been ports of existing experiences. They've been sort of new things that have bubbled up, like the Instagrams of the world, if you will. Right.
1: Right. Sure. Sure. That's a
0: nice example of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was, hey, these devices have all this crazy technology. We really should be using this instead of just relying yeah. on form fields and buttons and what have you. Right. And there it's a bit of a mixed bag, too. Uh, a lot of that technology is available, and you have really amazing things like the Lyfts and the Ubers of the world, if you will, that mm-hmm. you know use your location and where other things are and paying with your thumbprint right. and all that. There's yeah. certainly things that have really pushed that envelope and done great stuff with it. Um, but then again, you still have all this stuff that's just ported over and never even thinks about it, right? So also a bit of a mixed bag there. Um, so cumulatively out of three, maybe it's like one and then you
1: know, 0.
0: 0.4, 0. 0.4. <laughs> so like yeah. 1.8 out of three or something, it's not too bad. <laughs>
1: well, and I love, uh, yeah, and I love the, the, your second point about you know whether you're designing you take the device out of the picture and 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 try to simplify your your UI and your 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 product that way i think is brilliant i i think that's like you said not that one's harder for the the greater public to sort of grasp but um i that that was a big takeaway for me um in terms of and i, and I think it goes along with responsive design as well where you're um, you know, this is going to, does this work in, in, a, in a small screen versus a medium screen versus a large screen or whatever it is. Um, and, and one easy way to <laughs> to do that is, is let's, let's simplify it so that it does work uh, perfectly on the small screen and then go, the, go the opposite way, you know, start there and then, and then expand as the, the screen gets larger. Um, you know, I think that was really, that's just a really important viewpoint. So I,
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, what it does make me think, though, is, you know, I still, and there's these legacies, right? So, like, this whole notion of layout, if you go back to a lot of the things that we've been talking about here, whether it's the forms or the mobile design or some of these new opportunities, Mm -hmm. right? The notion of the layout permeates so many things. Because when we talk about making things work on mobile, you know, a lot of people's approach is, how do I make it look good? And then I make it look good right. next screen and make it look great. Right, right. And they're still yeah, in this yeah. kind of layout mentality. And, and don't get me wrong, right? Making things uh, look good viscerally, aesthetically, brand, all that good stuff is great. Okay. Having a good personality, making things, you know, attractive. I love it. But when that is your core consideration, I think the trouble a lot of people have is shifting from that mode to this mode of like, how do I get people the right things at the right time? which is a different mode of kind of layout, right? It's not how do I fit all these things on the screen to look good? It's how do I bring in things at the appropriate moment so that they're contextually useful for people based off the tasks they're trying to achieve and they guide people to what they need to do next and how can they actually achieve their goals. And that's sort of this mental model or this approach switch that I think a lot of people uh, struggle to make that leap, if you will. Yes, yes, exactly, right. It's still quote unquote layout, but you're just your mode of approaching it differs because you're really focused on the person's task and try to en- enabling that right and making it um, more efficient, what have you versus just trying to fit a bunch of stuff in an uh, appropriate way on some kind of
1: canvas right right it's like we're we're we started trying to replicate magazine. Newspaper and still do right, well, yeah, still do exactly, and that might not be the the right approach for every every uh, experience, right? I mean, it, yeah, well, certain things yeah. force you to get away from that. Like, you know, although
0: voice interactions have their own issues. I mean, that, there's an example where yeah. you really yeah. have to get out of it, right? Yeah, and uh, we stretch the whole mobile first idea pretty far. Uh, with a startup I did a little while ago where what we did was the first thing we built was an API. And so the first user interface for the product was a command line user interface. (laughs) And it was awesome because it really forced you to think about like the objects and the actions and how are they interrelated and what sort of sequences and steps and what are the options in those sequences and steps Cause you are basically making like a, a planet fall. I don't know if you play planet fall or any of these kinds of text-based adventure games. Yeah, sure. Sure. Right. I mean, right. you that's what the kind of UI you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the UI. Mm-hmm. And so like a, a no UI approach to your UI just naturally makes you act and work like that as opposed to biasing you with, you know, like the things that wireframes make you do like layout boxes. Right. Yes,
1: exactly. Well, this is brilliant. So w- which, was this uh, polar? Uh, this was BagCheck. BagCheck, yeah. I'm sorry, that's right. Yeah. That was your, so BagCheck, right? So you know, and I remember, I remember this, and th- and this was you were later acquired by Twitter. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, uh, would you do that? So if you started a another product like that, uh, would would you start with the API
0: again? Uh, I think it depends on who I'm doing the project with, right? Yeah. Because uh you kinda have to have a partner or a collaborator on the engineering side who is also <laughs> interested in that type of thinking. Yeah. Not everybody's brain goes that way. Um I had an awesome co-founder, Sam Pilara there, who, you know, credit to him, he basically just started kind of making an API because he knew we were gonna need an API eventually. Uh, I see. Right. And then the two of us just gradually started building the product based off of that. Right. And for, and for a bit there, he actually was asking me for mocks and I'm like, no, 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 hold on. This is actually working better. Let's not (laughs) make any pictures and let's just kind of continue down this path. And a really funny story, which maybe I shouldn't say publicly, but screw it. Um, our CEO at the time was, uh, Brian Lampkin, who was, uh, an SVP over at Adobe, and he was the one responsible for uh, bringing over uh, Macromedia and Flash to Adobe. Oh wow, and, yeah. Sure. And so we had built this uh, text-based API version, right? This uh, command-line a version of the UI. And one of the things that we were doing was entering information into the system. And uh, during his downtime, when he was in the office, he you know was entering some of this info via this command-line interface. And he would go and hit flash pages where he couldn't just, like, copy and paste text because it was all flash. So <laughs> do you have to, like, manually type it out? <laughs> and I, I always oh, thought man. of that as, like, you know, pretty interesting. Yeah, A reflection yeah. of fate, right?
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, right? Flash. I mean, it was it was destined to, to yeah. No, that was one of the big things about flash, flash, right? You
0: couldn't get to the content, right? Cause it was all yeah. this locked object.
1: Yeah. Right. And then
0: you see firsthand how much of a pain that is when every single day you're encountering, those and trying to
1: <laughs> put them into a command. I just want to, I just want to, I just want copy, to copy paste, man. Yeah. Copy paste yeah. this, you know? Yeah. That's, Oh man. Flash. Good times. Good times. Good time. It, it had its, it had its place yeah. and, 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 uh, but, but yeah, it, unfortunately, you know, rest in peace, <laughs> but the, so that's awesome. So I, yeah, starting with the a, API, I, I love like getting as far as you possibly can without even thinking about boxes and layouts and yeah, so, brand brand. And it's just sort of like, what does this functionally do right, yeah, first? totally. And, and, yeah. and that was
0: a really cool way of doing it because it actually did things right. It yeah. did have, and the other part that was interesting about it, you sort of had to associate actions to objects. Like, okay, I have this object. What can I do to it? What does it do? And how does it relate to the other objects? Is it a child? Is it, you know, a sibling? Is it, you know, who knows? And so it just made you think about the stuff that makes up your software in a yeah, different a way. Yeah, I to say, like,
1: your, your database is... It's probably far less like database rejiggering, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going that way rather than yeah. building and then realizing you need to change the model. And, Look, and then um, at the end of
0: the day, the great thing was everything ended up being an API. So that made making front ends a lot easier because right, you don't right. have everything tied to, you know, like one front end. And you end up with like business logic stuff inside of that front end. and like, Right. So that was another big benefit too. You could really churn out. You know, if once you make the command line UI, like oh, let's make a web UI, let's make a native app UI.
1: Let's right. Yeah, you, know, you build it all on top of the same thing. That's great. And and so that and, and Twitter acquired that. Mm-hmm. And then what 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 happened from there? You know, what did they what did they end up doing with it? Uh, well,
0: Sam went over there, and we had. As part of building that, we had done a bunch of things, or he had rather done a bunch of things from a technology perspective. And if you recall when this was, this was like, what, four, three, I don't know, seven years ago or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that was the days of the fail whale.
1: And, oh, sure. Right. And
0: there was a lot right. of need to <laughs> get rid of the fail yeah. whales, if you will. So a lot of yeah, the systems... Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the systems
1: yeah. you had built really went into uh, addressing some of those things. Aha. Uh-huh. So we have you to thank.
0: Oh, not me. Not Sam.
1: Me. Well, Sam, yeah. we have Sam to thank for fixing fixing Twitter. Uh, well, I mean, that's, I remember that's an the exaggeration, thing. right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, historically. I mean, he he certainly went
0: problem. there and uh, worked on yeah. some of the problems for a while. Yeah.
1: And stayed yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, it, why it? The, the fail, <laughs> the fail well was pretty common, you oh, know, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. People, and forget. it was just one of those things you, you put up with uh, at the time. So it was a big deal to fix that. Yeah, I mean, yes. it's it's kind of amazing. Talk about the scale, like uh, how, how it's, how they're handling that. My God. Well, um, oh, yeah. Today's systems are
0: so much, you know. <laughs> So much better. Actually, I can't remember ever seeing Fail Whale on Twitter in the past. I don't know. Or maybe they got rid of the whale. Actually,
1: well, I was just thinking that too. Yeah, I haven't really seen. I mean, my, hats off to them for that, right? Yeah,
0: that's uh, yeah, been a while, right?
1: Impressive. Yeah, and and obviously they've grown and grown, and you know, there's just more. There's more being posted every day to it, so I can't even imagine. Um, so after, okay, so so that was bag check, and yeah. then. There's another startup you did mm-hmm. called Polar. Yep. And that was acquired by Google. And I think that's this is how you got to Google where you are today. Yep. Right? Which brings us to today. That's right. See so, how you know, this is this is all just a story, the story of Luke. Um Yeah, tell us about Polar and how that how that story went.
0: Yeah, so uh what we were trying to do there was I had observed in a bunch of places where people were kind of hacking at the tools they had to try and get other people's opinions. And so I would see things like my wife texting her sister like this dress or that dress.
1: Mm, yes, right? right. And I
0: just saw a bunch of those types of things happening and just kind of said, okay, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And so we started out was this very social, like, I just want some quick opinions. And how do we make it as fast and easy as humanly possible to get those opinions. So we didn't really do any text-based questions or any of those kinds of things that you would associate with like a typical survey. We really tried to be, and as an example of, you know, things that suck, right? Given a survey, how happy are you? Not happy, right? You don't want to fill yes. out that survey. It sucks. No, right. And those things haven't right. changed for years too. So we're like, okay, people oh. do want other people's opinions, obviously. We are, yes. we are those types of creatures, but the ways of getting those opinions really, really bite. So can we do better? Can we address that? Mm. And we yeah. took this mobile centric approach saying, well, what does the mobile device do? Well, it's got a camera, right? It's got audio. It's got all these things. And we sort of landed on these visual polls." where it wasn't like a form type thing. It was this or that, this picture, that picture, you know, something with like really lightweight interactions and tried to optimize how quickly it took people to make a question and how quickly it took people to answer a question. And so I posted some of these videos. What we literally did was like one hand, one thumb, and in under 30 seconds, you should be able to create a question, get images for it and post it up to get... (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. because yes, if we couldn't hit the 30 second bar right like then we weren't doing any better than anything else out there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was what drove that and we started with this friend to friend stuff uh, but ultimately what we actually learned was because people were so quick at answering these questions because they were so lightweight and easy we found uh, that we would get a ton of volume when we posted a question and I, there was this kind of like aha moment where I put up a bunch of questions between Apple's old icon and new icon. when they did iOS 7.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just yep.
0: did all these posts of like this icon versus that icon. this, And we ended up getting like a million. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we got like a million comments or a million votes, right? Yeah. Yep. Within a day or two. And so what happened was a lot of uh, tech press wanted to post those results and put them up on their pages because there was a million people's opinion on which icons were better or worse. And so at that point, we realized we should really sort of shift to enabling some of those use cases. And what I mean by that is allowing a site like, okay, the sports uh, website is asking who's going to win this game. Well, why don't they just put the question right then and there? Or who had, the, you know, who's who's going to be the better QB in this game or what have you. Right, right. right. And so we kind of moved from running this singular app where people would go and talk to their friends only to putting these things in context. And we were going down that path. And that was when kind of Google came in and said they were doing similar things. And it's been kind of fun to see, actually, a lot of people's interpretations of this kind of simplified visual uh, survey idea. Because yeah. uh, uh, Twitter's got polls now, right? That's right. Uh, That's right. Instagram did it not too long ago. Amazon has them. Um, you know, Facebook, right. yeah, all these companies. So it's been kind of oh. cool to see that. Uh, not that you know we were necessarily the drivers of any these things, but like that, many people had this notion that there's got to be a better way to hear what other people think.
1: Yeah, but well, in, a, in a quick way of uh, being able to generate it and vote, right? Yeah, uh, everyth- I mean.
0: Again, making a survey sucks, taking a survey sucks
1: right <laughs> so right, right. yeah you you made it fun and easy and quick, and it's it's no i could see i I could see, and I remember the Apple icon posts, and it was like perfect you know it was like it was like the 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 planets aligned, yeah, you know that was a good use case uh, for us,
0: so they just I need to redesign their icons all the time and uh we're good. <laughs> that's
1: right, you're which fine. thankfully they do, so and they do yeah. they do actually, yeah, yeah. that's the thing right. you know, there'll be more coming yeah. uh so you know so you're you, now you're at google i've gotta i have to mention uh because i've you know i follow you on instagram and whatnot and and uh and you've been building this is a side project, or maybe it's not a side project. maybe um, it's maybe it's your your main project, but uh building like a a a a bike track and you on your property. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been fascinating following that because, um, well, I, I don't know for many reasons, but, uh, you tell us about that because how did that, how did that start? And, yeah. and how do you balance that with everything else you're doing?
0: Well, the thing I always think about that project is how much it mirrors like every other type of project. Right. So people come and see, or the way a lot of people approach things is I get these emails and they're like, Hey, can you help me make this app? I want this, you know, and what they see is like the end state and they don't recognize all the things that go into it. Right. So this bike track that I built in my yard is like a two year project. And if you count how long it took us to actually find a property where it was possible and it was just like this niggling notion in the back of my head, then it's a four year project. So it was like 2 years to find a property, right? We finally got a property where um this was possible. And it wasn't the only consideration, but it was always a you know kind of top of mind for me. Yeah, and then sure. it took me like 6 months of trying to find a crew who could actually help me build this thing. So I was like on LinkedIn Tra- traversing people's job descriptions, and finally, I got a hold of some guy in Scotts Valley who came out, who connected me with some other guy who connected me with a crew in Colorado, who came wow. out. Yeah. And then, you know, we had like loose ideas of what we wanted to do. We kind of sketched things out. We gradually built it. Uh, after we built it, a whole bunch of rain fell and destroyed it. And so, I was in maintenance mode for oh, a number no. of years. Oh, geez. But it actually reminds me of like building a product, right? Yeah, because when you build a
1: product,
0: say, it's, very it's, yeah. it's totally, it's 100% like that. Or as soon as you launch, that's when the hard work begins, right? Woohoo, we're done. Yeah. Oh crap, it rained, and now I
1: got to go pound dirt for <laughs> two yeah. weeks. And also, like, totally, and finding, finding the right people to work yeah. with, right? I mean, it comes down to that sometimes. So, like, you have this vision of what you want to do, but you really need the right people that get it. to to help you build it.
0: Absolutely. It's it's, it's so many parallels, right? Like, exactly. So you have this vision. And as we were talking about earlier, like, would you do this API thing again? Well, it really depends on who I'm working with, right? Yeah. And the people matter so much. And you got to allocate time to find the right people, no matter what Mm. kind of project you're doing. Because they have to kind of align with what you're trying to do. They probably need to bring some core skills that you don't have, or they should bring core skills that you don't have. Right. All right. So they right. can, because to give people a little bit of context, this is uh, what they call in the bike industry a flow trail. So it's almost like yeah. a downhill roller coastery thing, like really big yeah. banked turns, jumps, and things like that. And uh, the ideal state for something like this is that you can ride it down without pedaling and without brakes. So there's a lot of. Ah, uh, I see. So there's a lot of like geometry and physics involved.
1: In getting uh, so you, only go, you only go downhill on it
0: then? Well, there's like a climbing trail back up to the top, yeah, but a big chunk oh, of it is, okay. this, is this downhill piece. Ah, uh,
1: okay, cool. Wow, this is even yeah. cooler than I thought.
0: Yeah, so what you have to do when you actually build it, right, you kind of sketch out a line. You're like, oh, I'd like it to do this, but you build a little, you have to ride it, you build a little, you have to ride it, so that you maintain that quote-unquote flow going through the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like... That means altimeters, it means checking, you know, kind of the elevation, the slope. That means a lot of hand shovel work to get the angles right. Um, Look at an engineering project. Oh, yeah, it's a crazy engineering yeah. project. Yeah, totally. Uh, it gets built, you know, by the foot. Yeah, right, right. And there's a lot. And it, again, parallels with real work, right? Like there's people's notion of, oh, it's just a bike trail, right? You're like, what do you do? You're like, rake out some dirt. And then there's the people that know what they're doing and they understand all the nuance and the subtlety. And the end result is a totally dramatically different thing. Hmm. And I think, again, coming back to the parallels, because this is what goes through my head, uh, you know, those are the people you want to work with and learn from, right? Because they bring an appreciation and understanding of things that you probably don't have. And they expand the way you look at a problem. And the end result usually turns out a heck of a lot better when you know you find people like that to work with.
1: So true, so true. And I, I think that that's always great to keep in mind when you're when you're up against something that you you have the urge to build or create and you don't really know how to get there. Uh, often the answer is people.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: <laughs> getting people involved that that can help you help you do it. And everything you just said there it brings bring a new core uh, skill to it and all that so, yeah, so, so so crucial
0: like when i was trying to make web pages and i picked up your css book right to bring it all the way back to the beginning <laughs> bringing in people with core skills i didn't have so i can kind of level up a bit
1: yeah, man full circle full I owe, circle I, I owe you that was brilliant luke <laughs> Thank you you. you've done this you do you have a podcast by the way this is it didn't I? Didn't no, I welcome this, you to it earlier? That's true, <laughs> You did. You. You have. Uh, it's now yours. I. I'm gonna just hand it over because uh, that was brilliant. Well, thank you. Was, and not just because you're mentioning my book. I that was. that was really nice. Yeah,
0: I, I, I know you're gonna pay me for that later, so it's okay. Yep. Venmo. We're good.
1: Venmo you or PayPal or whatever. Oh, whatever, PayPal whatever the kids now. use these days. Whatever the kids use. <laughs> I think Venmo is great, but the name just. I don't know. It could be better. Venmo me. Yeah. Venmo me. Exactly. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, yeah. It doesn't work as well.
0: No. Yeah, you know. yeah, back in my well, day, we PayPal people.
1: <laughs> that's, right, that's right. It's more like a verb. Yeah. PayPal me. Yeah. Well, Luke, uh, thank you so much no, thank you. It was for fun. being on. Yeah. yeah. Totally fun. I mean, just so many things to, to, uh, to think about, to talk about. um, working uh what, what's next for you you know what 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 are you what are you working on these days
0: uh it's a good question I th- right now it's a little bit more of the same i got a whole bunch of stuff i'm doing at google which has eaten up a lot of my time leading to less yeah. talking uh public speaking that is Yeah, but i think that's good because i got some young kids family good times to spend with them so yeah do they bike as well on the track uh yeah they try it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily a 7-year-old material but <laughs> <laughs> That's true yeah it could be dangerous yeah, I suppose. that's right too yeah but they're getting there so we all, we we bike up in the yard and all those other things so we we yeah. make that for
1: it. I, you know it's funny the one last thing on the track and yeah. we could do a whole yeah. episode on the track totally. right but um the one thing i always thought was I, does it snow there probably no, not no. right where you are okay because i was initially thinking man if if, if this was in my backyard and it snowed it'd be an amazing like bobsled track, you know, uh, yeah. right off the bat or you know, snowboard track, right? I mean, yeah, you. yeah, right. Or snowboard. Exactly. Totally. Oh man. No, we don't, Woo. we don't get the snows. So no no snow there. That's you're you're better off. Yeah. Um, we like to drive to it when we want it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. That's the, I, yeah, California, man. Get what you pay for, right? I, I love it. I love it. Yes. Well, thanks again, Luke. Yep. And, uh, Keep rocking. Thank you for all your all the sharing you do because, honestly, that's it's huge. I know it's been valuable for a lot of people. My
0: pleasure, and uh, thank, thank you, Tom.
1: You. Yeah, thanks, man. This has been Overtime, Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cederholm, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again.